It's that time, the sports talker. I got a special treat for you this evening. How's it going? It's fixing to be a lot better, man. Oh my God! Yes! Oh yeah! Can you feel that? You're excited to feel these nipples. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Just take it easy, man. I'm perfectly fine, dude. Here's T.J. Walker. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I'm so... <laughs> scared! It's okay, hop in with your boys to the river and we taking the back way. We don't mind who you are, just ride to the rhythm, have a sip in the sunshine. Hello, everybody. Hump day here, just a day before Sweet 16 action comes along. As you probably noticed, a new intro into the show. Trevor cooked that up yesterday. Uh, I heard it. I, I I like it, Trevor. It's different, um, and I'm sure some people will be very confused about what they're listening to uh, before the show actually starts. It, it it doesn't necessarily sound like a sports show if you didn't know that it was the Sports Stalker. I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to put a couple more together. One that was more sports themed. I was just uh, it depends what mood strikes me. Well, I liked it. I know that didn't that that took some time. So uh, appreciate it. It's, well, it it's, took it took as long as it took to get the Louisville uh, Louisville Indiana game over with last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, did that one go to extra innings? No, no. Indiana though uh, came up victorious and shut out Louisville for the first time all season. Wow, I was following it on Twitter for a little bit, and last I saw, Indiana was. Up 3-0, but I, didn't, I kind of stayed away from the computer and my phone last night. went to go see a movie. I uh, saw Chappie. Have you seen it, Trevor? I, I can't. I think it's been probably at least three years since I've been to a movie in a movie theater. I, what, I don't even know what Chappie is, actually. Uh, it's from the people that made District 9. Did you see that? I know it, but I didn't see it. Is that the one where the robot looks exactly like a ripoff of Johnny Five from Short Circuit? Well, obviously, I don't know what Johnny Five from Short Circuit is, but uh, I do know... It, it does involve a robot, um, so maybe if you sent me a picture, I could relate it to you, but it's about a robot that has human feelings. It sounds really stupid. It was okay. Not as good as District 9 and probably not as good as I thought it was going to be, but still but still worth it. And on Tuesdays, Trevor, you can go see movies for $5. Pretty good deal. It's worth it. Uh, for but, the record, that's not what I was thinking of, apparently. That's a different robot. Okay. <laughs> uh, you could be thinking of iRobot, perhaps. Yeah, there's been a lot of robot movies in the last couple of years. It'd be hard yes, to decipher which one was which. Maybe it was Wally, I think. Maybe that was the one I was thinking of. Wally, the cartoon? Yeah, maybe that was the robot that looked like uh, Johnny Five. I'm surprised you never heard of Short Circuit. Okay. Um, I have not. I have not. Um, <laughs> fun show today. Uh, we're going to have Greg Medea on from West Virginia's rival site. He covers the Mountaineers. He's in Cleveland. Uh, he'll come on around 425, talk to us about West Virginia side of things. And there's a lot to talk about today. Uh, the There was a lot of excitement surrounding this Kentucky-West Virginia game to begin with. Uh, but then you had the media opportunity today, and you had the media day, and you let the players talk, and you let the coaches talk. And that's going to that's gonna fuel our show, and it might fuel the Cats later uh, tomorrow night as West Virginia guaranteed a win against UK. Several of their players did. A few players said that they didn't think that UK worked hard or uh, w- would be as intense. Just a lot of shots fired. 
Dexter Miles was the one who said that UK, he guaranteed that UK would be 36-1 and after tomorrow night's game. Bold strategy. I don't think trying to rattle UK or poke the Bears the way to go about a game, but it's very clear West Virginia's mentality in this is that they're going to be the more aggressive team, they're going to be the more physical team, and in doing those two things, they believe that they're going to be the team that comes out on top when it's all said and done. We'll see. We'll see. I, again, that's not the strategy I'd go about it. We'll talk to uh, Greg Medea about it from WestVirginiaSports.com, WVSports.com, uh, and we'll get his side uh, of the tape. And I, I saw him tweeting that uh, Andrew or Aaron Harrison, one of the twins, said that they haven't watched any tape on West Virginia, um, which – I, when you hear about that at the surface, you'd think, oh, wow, that Kentucky's overlooking a certain team because they don't watch tape. That's generally what they do in a lot of their games. They don't watch, they're not a team that watches a lot of tape. And if you believe that they actually haven't watched, and I, I kind of do, I think the, the coaches do, and they, uh, they relay that information to the team. We'll see. We'll see. Plenty to talk about today. United States men's national team playing right now on ESPN. I uh, had to get started for the show prep. Uh, USA was up one nothing, but Denmark found an equalizer, and that game is at halftime, 1-1, one to one playing in Denmark. Uh, Trevor, I know you're not a big soccer guy. I am. This is just a friendly and, and virtually meaningless, but it, United States men's national team has not been good in these friendly games as of late. It wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to get a little bit of momentum. Uh, Our friendly What's that? Aren't friendlies like pre? Well, you're breaking up, but preseason is that what you're trying to say? Oh, Trevor, your mic's messing up. Classic. That's okay. We'll get back to you when the mic gets back on. Anyways, uh, but like to follow USA Soccer, and it reminds me of about a year ago. This time we were previewing Kentucky's game, or not Kentucky, United States games against in the World Cup and getting excited and amped up for that. And then sure enough, uh, that was exciting. I, I don't think we'll ever have a summer on the sports soccer like we did last year having the World Cup, or I guess maybe we will in four years. But, uh, you know, that was when I was a, this little wide-eyed sports talk radio host uh, just embracing, embracing the moment and having soccer games on and talking about that. That was probably the most fun stretch of this radio show that i've done although march madness is close and this this week uh is going to be fun uh, easily put this is going to be i think one of the more competitive sweet 16s that i can remember for some time eight games i would say i think six of them could could come down to the wire maybe five of them at worst uh, and it, it could be you know it obviously could be more than that it's going to be an exciting, exciting weekend to to watch some college basketball, and it starts with the West region and the Midwest on Thursday, and then you get the East and the South on Friday. And obviously, Kentucky's game against West Virginia, the late game Thursday. Uh, we're going to talk more about that game later on the show today. There, there's a lot of a lot of scuttlebutt going on. Uh, you're starting to hear Trevor the the John Calipari to the NBA rumors. And it seems like it's this time every year that you start to hear that stuff. Uh, so there's been several articles out there today uh, 
It's actually on my calendar on my iPhone. You know how it marks like St. Patrick's Day and holidays on this day. John Calipari. Yeah, NBA. it's got a little circle on it. And I clicked on it. I was like, what is this? It says Cal to NBA Rumors Day. So the like, one cool. that I've heard is the Nets uh, is the team he wants to go to. It's just it, been there, it, done it, that. Here, yeah, no kidding. A, 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 a nice return trip, perhaps. But here's the thing: is and a lot of people on our message boards, and I've had a few people text and even tweet me, wondering why is there so much talk about Kentucky possibly losing? Why is there so much Kentucky ruining college basketball talk? Although that's really been going on the entire season. Uh, why is there? Why are we starting today to hear the cow to the NBA rumors? Here's the thing: is this is almost the most, not the most anticipated week, but you have the SEC tournament, you're busy that week, you preview the SEC tournament, you're still talking the NCAA tournament, and then you go into the next week and you do the same thing. You preview the first and second round games and who's going to make the Sweet 16, this and that. But then there's this bit, and everybody spread out kind of thin during that first and second round of the NCAA tournament. But now it just focuses in on 16 teams. So that gives you more time to talk about certain things, to say this, to say that, to throw this on the wall and hope that it sticks, to throw that on the wall and hope that it sticks. So that's why it's 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 been like this before every UK Sweet 16 game. Every one since John Calipari's been the coach. In 2010, it was against Cornell, and it was the smart guys versus the dumb jocks, really a, a, a pretty racist take on that game. Uh, you talked about it all week, and, and eventually you had people convinced that Cornell was going to beat Kentucky, a Kentucky yeah. team that had more NBA talent than maybe we'll ever see. A, a time off makes people say stupid things. 2011, before UK, Ohio State, that one, it kind of – the the it had flipped. You had Kentucky, no chance they're going to beat Ohio State. Is what John Calipari is trying to do at Kentucky really going to work? That was the talk all week. People were already writing off UK as losers in that game, and John Calipari, two years at UK and zero Final Fours, and what a disaster you can't win with freshmen. In 2012, against Indiana, Kentucky, Indiana's back. That was the resurrection, or what did the Indiana fans call it? Whatever they they, they decided to call it. Uh, Indiana had beat, beaten Kentucky once. They would certainly do it again. Uh, and then that's when you also started – you've heard the John Calipari, the NBA rumors probably every year. But that's when they got really, really heated and really big for the first time, I'd say. But you had Kentucky can't beat Indiana again. This is the worst possible matchup they could have had. If John Calipari doesn't win this game, he's he's one of the most overrated coaches. It's always something when you have an extra week and there's only 16 teams to focus on. And generally, generally, Kentucky is one of the bigger storylines. Obviously, 2013 NIT year, 2014 against Louisville. Now, this was last year was that was probably the most level-headed hot takes coming into a Sweet 16 game. Uh, Louisville seemed to be the favorite despite Kentucky beating them during the year, and that's okay. That Louisville team probably should have won that Sweet 16 game, all things considered. Uh, you still had some of the NBA talk. Again, you're always going to have that, but you didn't have the outlandish comments, this and that. Uh, Kentucky finally earned a little bit of respect getting to play against or getting a win against Wichita State. 
So it happens every year. And this year's talk is, oh, no, not West Virginia. Bob Huggins beat UK in 2010, and he's going to do it again. And West Virginia is going to be more physical, and they're going to be more aggressive. And sure enough, you get a little NBA talk thrown in the mix. It's almost like a recipe at this time of the year. You're going to get it. TJ, at any year, have you ever been more nervous than another year that, that he might actually leave once the tournament is concluded? Last year, I was the. I, I thought if he was ever, I thought if he was going to leave for the NBA last year was his shot, because that mo- mostly because of what I was hearing, I was told that he was asking close friends, people he trusted the most at UK, how it would look if he were to leave. And, and this was after most of the players came back, with the exception of the Harrisons. This was when Willie came back and Alex came back and Dakari came back. I was told that he was running the idea through his head of what his legacy would be at UK. Would people at UK think fondly of him if he left, despite all these players coming back? And then he's never really quite made a decision on that. And then the Harrisons came back. And I think at that point he said, well, I, I can't leave. If all these players came back, I can't leave. So if that is if that is true, then it's inevitable that Kentucky fans should be waiting for the other shoe to drop. Instead of just blindly thinking, oh, well, I know it's a rumor, it's a rumor every year, but we think Cal's going to stay with us. Cal's going to be the long term. Cal's going to be here. If that is true, then you, just, you should know every year you should be worried that the other shoe may drop. Well, it, yeah, I think UK fans should be concerned at any given time that John Calipari could leave Kentucky but I really think if he was going to do it last year was the perfect situation he was going to get a coach Cleveland when there was maybe at that time a 50-50 chance LeBron James was coming back maybe 40-60 I remember Yates last year called it and I called him crazy for that just because of the way uh, Cleveland treated him when he did leave sure enough as we learned, you never questioned Yates. Uh, he ended up being right. But that was the situation. That was the scenario, I think, that could have pulled him away and, and gotten him gotten him NBA championships and NBA rings, and, and, and there's no doubt that he wants that. I just don't know if there's ever going to be a situation, unless the Cleveland job opens up again, which it doesn't look like it's going to, that he would be able to leave. And at some point, that window on the NBA may close. Is it a matter of NBA timing or him wanting to accomplish everything he can? He's wanted to accomplish in college, i.e., not win one title but get the multiple title. Because not saying it's easy to win one championship. There are a lot of coaches out there. I mean, that have one championship. Steve Fisher has a championship. You know, uh, Raleigh Massimino has a championship. So on and so forth. Is it? But the two titles does kind of put you in that special realm. Is it more of him waiting for the perfect NBA package? or waiting for the perfect NBA package to come after he's accomplished what he wants to accomplish, which would be a second championship, which he's still looking for at Kentucky. I, I think that it's all about the right fit in the NBA for him. He doesn't obviously, you know, he talks about his most embarrassing moment in his career is being fired from New Jersey and finding that out on ESPN and not even talking to the Nets before that actually had happened. He wasn't actually awful at New Jersey, by the way. He, 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 got, he was kind of more of a management decision similar to when Patino was let go of the Knicks more than his product on the court. But but he, he talks about how embarrassing. You know, that was he, he failed. He, he, he wasn't great at New Jersey. It wasn't as bad as people want to remember it as of now, like you mentioned. But, you know, he failed. He thought he'd go to the NBA, and, and, and he was young and cocky, and it, everything would work out, and it didn't work out that way. 
So he's not going to let that happen again, especially at this stage in his career with the legacy he's left behind, the things he's accomplished, and the amount of people that want to see him fail. He's not going to make it easy for those people. So there could be a situation where he goes. I wouldn't be surprised if – I wouldn't be shocked, I guess. Maybe I'd be a little bit surprised. But I wouldn't be shocked if he left after this year. I wouldn't be shocked if he left years later. I don't think it's going to happen. But it could, especially if he goes 40-0. At that point – like I mentioned to you, Trevor, he, he was talking how it would look if he left UK. Coming up short on a national title, what would his legacy be, be left behind? Would UK fans still appreciate him and appreciate the things he did? If he goes 40-0, I think at the end of any season, whether it's 2016, 2017, 2015, whenever it is, if he wants to leave, UK fans can't complain. You give them a pat on the back, say thanks for everything you did. We are drastically better off now than we were when you left us, and no UK fan can can feel cheated out of anything. They will now, if you hire Steve Crackdorp to replace him. Well, they, I think Mitch Barnhart's already made his bad hire. Maybe he already has two bad hires, and Joker Phillips and, and Billy Gillespie. And I don't, I don't think they'd make another. I, I think that their next hire, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves, would be a sure thing or as close to a sure thing as possible because I think John Calipari set up this this foundation that it's almost it will be impossible not to win at some level. And he's I'm not, not going to be leaving them any talent. They're all one and done. So when he leaves, they're all going with them. Whoever gets there yeah, is going to have a clean but, slate. But the next coach coming in can still do that, and depending on who it would be, could still run that type of program. It's, Sean Miller comes to mind. He can recruit with the best of them and, and yeah. slide right in and do exactly what John Calipari was doing. Now, again, it's crazy to think uh, UK's next coach can go to three Final Fours in five years and start a season 36-0. and 0. He certainly set the bar very, very high, but I, I do think he's also set a foundation that another coach can slide in here, and UK is now back to being the cool program, the, the program you hear about on the news, the program that's always being talked about. So you realize yes, someone's know. tuning in right now out of context is like, what, what the hell happened today? I've been at yeah, work. What, yeah. did, did Cal, did, what, what's going on? I, oh, oh my, oh my God, I got to get on Twitter. I got to get on Twitter. I'm taking a lunch break. <laughs> Fear not. John Calipari has not left. Uh, he's still the coach of UK, but it's that time of the year when you start hearing those rumors. So uh, we're addressing that they're, they're not true at this point. He may leave somewhere down the road. Uh, but right now his focus is on UK, and again, I thought if he was going to leave, it would have been after last year. It was not. So we're going to head to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have Greg Medea come on from West Virginia Rivals to talk about the Mountaineers and, and their confidence. So you're going to want to hear that interview. Stick around on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You get sprung. Wanna pull up tough? Cause you notice that butt was stuffed. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get whipped up and take your picture. My whole boy's trying to warn me. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Security in this office park is a joke. Last year, I came to work with my spud gun in a duffel bag. I sat at my desk all day with a rifle that shoots potatoes at 60 pounds per square inch. Can you imagine if I was deranged?
love the office intro, Trevor. It's almost like a kid on Christmas morning being able to know, not know what's coming next, but always being uh, happy after after finding out. Oh, you can't go wrong with any office quotes. Uh, but we're going to uh, we're gonna we'll save the office conversation for later because ten year anniversary of the office yesterday, and I could talk about that for hours. But right now, I want to talk a little bit more about Kentucky and West Virginia, and there's nobody better to talk about the Mountaineers than Greg Medea, who covers West Virginia for Rivals.com. Greg, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm sitting inside Quicken Loans Arena as we speak. Uh, it should be an interesting game tomorrow night. Uh, you are there, and you are covering the game, and, and there's some of our Cats Illustrated crew up there, the UK Rivals guys, so make sure you say hi to Brett and Alex Forkner while you're up there. But what was what was the atmosphere like for these open gyms, the the, the practices? Because uh, the, the, the ones in Louisville, which obviously much closer to Lexington than Cleveland, were pretty wild, and they were a spectacle in themselves. Uh, what was the crowd like today for West Virginia shoot-around and Kentucky shoot-around, if, if you got a chance to see it? Yeah, there was certainly um, more Kentucky fans here uh, just for the shoot-around than I thought there would be. It, was, it wasn't like the pictures uh, that, that I saw on, online last week when, when they were in Louisville, but uh, they still had a pretty decent amount of people in the stands. Uh, Kentucky didn't do much in practice. I mean, they, they pretty much just took free throws uh, while, while they were in there and, and didn't really, they're not going to show anything, neither did West Virginia. I mean, the West Virginia guys just, just kind of went through layup lines and, and, and took some jump shots. Uh, you know how these open practices are. It's nothing important is going to be shown. Uh, as far as the press conferences and the locker rooms and the, the interviews go, uh, that was a little different. I mean, West Virginia, uh, they, they weren't backing down there during interviews. Very confident that they, they, they have a chance to win tomorrow night. Uh, Kentucky kind of did the opposite. You know, there's this calm swagger with Kentucky when you talk to their players. It's really intriguing to see uh, the difference in the two sides. Were you a bit surprised uh, to hear West Virginia come out come out that confident? And and uh, I've seen some other fans on Twitter and even some Kentucky fans say, "Well, what'd you expect them to say?" Well, sometimes silence is golden, especially that you you never want to give the other team poster board material uh, or bulletin board material or, and fire them up. Were you a bit surprised to see West Virginia come out and be so confident in their chances against the the number one team in the country tomorrow? A little bit. I, I, I didn't think that, that Coach Huggins would, would want them to give uh, Kentucky any more and any more motivation than, than, than they probably already have. Uh, but with that said, you, you look at this West Virginia team. They, they've been like that all year long. They, they haven't backed down from challenges. It, it's kind of in their DNA to be the bully. Uh, they want to make people uh, upset on the court. They want to get people frustrated. Uh, and if they think that, that by showing Kentucky that they're not backing down through the media, I, it's one thing to, to go out and do so. I, I think it kind of just is, is part of West Virginia and what they've done all year. It, it's not surprising. Uh, do, do I think maybe it's a little, it's a little questionable considering it is Kentucky? Uh, absolutely. Uh, but when you look at it, West Virginia, they, they haven't backed down all year. Dexter Miles, he, he's kind of been the guy, and I'm sure you guys saw the quote, uh, that Kentucky will be, uh, not, not 36 and 0 tomorrow, not 36 and 0 tomorrow night after the game. Uh, but, you know, Daxter has been that way. Uh, he, he, against Maryland, he got into some, some trash talk with Des Wells, their, their, their redshirt senior forward. Uh, so I wasn't surprised it was him. He's always good for a quote. Uh, Jonathan Holton, he, he hasn't backed down either. He believes, you know, West Virginia can pull the upset. It's kind of just something uh, that they've kind of grown together and, and have a strong bond so they feel that they can kind of do anything and that they're peaking at the right time. And speaking of that Holton quote, he said, 
uh, honest to God, I got goosebumps and chills right now. I'm ready to play. I've done heard too much about Kentucky, 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 uh, which, you know, probably true for him. It, right now, Kentucky is the, the talk of the country and has been for the majority of the season. So I can imagine West Virginia players being a bit bothered by all the attention. And we're going to come back to some of the quotes from the West Virginia players. Uh, and we're speaking with Greg Medea of WVSports.com. I'm curious. I, I want to know a little bit more about Bob Huggins, uh, who I'm actually a fan of and by all accounts seems to be uh, a great person off the court, as as good of a person on the court as he is. But why the switch to this? And they've always been aggressive. They've always been physical. Any Bob Huggins teams dating back to Cincinnati and even before then. But why the switch to this full court trapping press that you haven't seen a ton of from him in years past? What makes this team so great at being able to accomplish that and, and force so many turnovers? Well, I mean, if you go back to the summer, you know, Huggins knew that, that he had to do something a little different. Uh, he had a bunch of new players coming in and. And, you know, it seemed like they all were good enough to play. Uh, you look up and down the roster, you have, you know, Daxter Miles. He, he's a true freshman. Jonathan Holton, he's eligible for the first time this season uh, at West Virginia after transferring from Rhode Island. And then you have guys like Tariq Phillip, uh, Billy D. Williams, Jay Sean Page, all junior college guys uh, eligible for the first time, as well as the true freshman, Javon Carter, off the bench. And you look at that, and, and he, he felt that, you know, one way to get all these guys to buy in was, was playing kind of a unique style that, that would have them all get on the court. So I think that's one way, uh, one reason why Huggins made the switch. And he saw he had really good on-ball defenders. I mean, if you watch Gary Brown, he's probably as good of an on-ball defender as West Virginia has. Uh, Javon Carter is a menace. He, he, he leaves West Virginia. He set the school freshman record for steals with, with 69 total steals this year. Tariq Phillip is, is a long point guard at 6-3 that they can kind of defend uh, the, the ball handler. You look at West Virginia with, with their, their on-ball defenders and the athletic talent that they have and as much depth as they have, they have, it was something that Huggins was just able to do. And then once it started to click, it, there was no going away from it. And John Calipari talked about in his press conference today that Bob Huggins should be considered for some Coach of the Year awards with the turnaround that the Mountaineers have had, sitting at 25-9 and nine on the year and a win away from being back in the Elite Eight. And speaking of the Elite Eight, the game that gets brought up all the time, especially down here in Kentucky, is the 2010 game where West Virginia upset uh, the number one seeded Wildcats, uh, a team with John Wall to Marcus Cousins, John Calipari's first-year team. Have the West Virginia players spoken about that, just showing that, hey, uh, underdogs can win, and it's happened before between these two teams? It's strange. I thought that would be you know, more of a storyline for West Virginia guys, talking to players uh, on past teams, on that past 2010 team, but uh, it really hasn't come up. I mean, we've asked the players about it, and they, they've kind of said, you know, this is our team. Uh, Gary Brown even went out to as far as to say, you know, as much as I love those players from that team, you know, this is kind of our moment in our team now to, to do something different. So it, it, as unique as it is and, and, and as many similarities as there are right now between, the, you know, the storylines and, and the two games, West Virginia is kind of not, not thinking about it at all. Uh, so I, I, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, it, I, and the U.K. players, they obviously – I actually thought I agree with you, Greg. I thought the U.K. players would say, yeah, that shows us that this can happen. We've got to focus in. But most of them kind of deflected the question and said, well, we weren't 
watching Kentucky back then because then again a lot of those players even some of them were in grade school not even in high school so uh, they they didn't play into it either so not much mention of the 2010 game and of course they also played a year later in the tournament 2011 Kentucky was able to get revenge then but not quite on the scale like they were back in 2010 or this season uh, Greg you've obviously watched West Virginia all season and, and I've, I've I've followed your work on wvsports.com can West Virginia, will they still press? Will they still trap? Will they still try to make things difficult on Kentucky for 40 minutes despite UK's size? Because in past, you've seen some teams be able to break a press with size, throw alley-oops, get it across court. Kentucky's got a lot of that. So how did West Virginia fare against some other big teams this season, specifically Texas, who also has uh, freakish size on their front court? Uh, I know West Virginia went one and one against the Longhorns, but is that a at least from a size standpoint and a decent comparison for what maybe West Virginia might try to do? I, I think so. I think it's a little bit of a cause for concern with West Virginia. I think the size, uh, even not only Texas, but you look at Iowa State and Oklahoma. Iowa State had a guy, George Niang, and, and he was able to dribble the ball up, a taller guy that did really West Virginia couldn't find a, a guy to match up with him well. He was able to see over the top of the press and, and, and throw the ball over it. Iowa State gave West Virginia two losses this season. So I think that, that was kind of a, a bad matchup. And you look at Kentucky, they've got tall, lanky guys bigger than the Yang that can dribble the ball. I mean, just, just the lone Harrison twins, uh, they're, they're both 6'6". Six, six. I mean, you guys know that. Uh, so I think you, you look at that and you, you think you're West Virginia. You know, how are you going to press? But the, the, the team has lived and died by the press all year. I wouldn't expect them to change just because uh, it's a Sweet 16 game against Kentucky. I think West Virginia will be okay with, with conceding some, some highlight reel alley-oops uh, and some dunks. I think they know they're going to give some of those up uh, just because Kentucky is so big, uh, really across the board on their roster. Uh, but they're still going to press, and, and it's just the mentality of this team uh, that they don't want to go away from something that, that's worked all year long. It's their identity. Now, one thing they might do, uh, just to you know, change some things up, they may drop into a one-three-one zone uh, at, at times when when they don't want to press. Uh, they've done it a few times this year, and, it, and it's worked. So I could see West Virginia going that route and, and doing a little one-three-one, uh, just to kind of change the tempo of the game if Kentucky starts to run on them and, and it's too much. Uh, when you say one three one, I know a lot of Kentucky listeners probably put their hands over their eyes and thought back to the 2010 game because that's what beat the Cats in, in Syracuse that year was the one three one. I think this Kentucky team is a much better three point shooting team than that team, but on any given night, a team can go cold. Now four thirty two again, that would be something. Uh, but I, I do agree with you that I think Bob Huggins is going to have something up his sleeve that a lot of people aren't talking about today and try to try to impose that into the game. And I think that will that'll be fun to watch. One player that really jumps out at me on, on West Virginia is Jawan Staten. Uh, he's a, a fun guard to watch. He can really get anywhere on the court. He's West Virginia's leading scorer. Uh, it's no surprise and it's no secret that the Harrison Twins have struggled staying in front of some quicker guards, especially smaller and quicker guards. Now, UK did bring in Tyler Ulis, who's 5'9 and a very good on-the-ball defender. But what do you? how do you think Staten's going to attack uh, Kentucky's defense, which has shot blockers on the inside and, and big, long, lengthy players, with the exception of Tyler Ulis, on the perimeter? What do you think he, how do you think he's going to try to attack UK's defense? If you watch Juwan Staten, you know, what he likes to do is get the ball 
in and attack the rim. I mean, he he loves to go towards the basket. Uh, this year, he, he did that well, but he also added kind of this step-back jump shot uh, or pull-up jump shot that, that's worked well. I think he'll try to do kind of what he can. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be as easy to get inside against uh, against some of those trees uh, that Kentucky has with Anthony with Carl Anthony Towns and then Willie Cauley Stein. Uh, but he's going to try to penetrate uh, and force Kentucky to defend him all the way to the goal. And by doing so, I think he hopes you know it'll open some things up on the perimeter. West Virginia, though, not a great perimeter shooting team, not a great shooting team. Uh, their offense is really not that efficient. Uh, so, I mean, he's got to do everything he can to make it easier for everyone else around him, and, and that's what he's done so well this year. Last year, he, he had better stats. He had more points per game. Uh, he, he was kind of just the, the go-to scorer for West Virginia when, uh, they, needed a, when they needed a basket, they needed some kind of points. Uh, this year, he, he kind of stepped back, and, you know, while he's not, while he's still, like, the leading scorer, he, he's not that same, you know, dominant I, he can take over the game whenever he wants. I mean, he, he understands that, you know, managing the game is, is kind of just as important, and if it, if it opens up things for his teammates, he's okay with that. Uh, so I think that's what you'll see from Staten uh, in terms of going up against the Kentucky defense, who, who is taller and, and probably does take away uh, some of what Staten does so well. It'll be fun to, to see what he's able to do. Again, we're speaking with uh, Greg Medea, WVSports.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Greg Medea, at Greg. M A D I A. Greg, are you you a USA soccer fan? My US, I'm an American, so yeah, why not? <laughs> That's a great answer. Uh, I I probably talk more about soccer than people care about on my radio show, but they're playing a friendly against Denmark and was able to get a go ahead goal up two to one now, and they desperately need to just get some momentum. Uh, but I'm not going to ask you anything about USA soccer because we're talking West Virginia UK Sweet 16 and NCAA tournament it doesn't get any better than this. All right, so lay it out for me, Greg. West Virginia wins tomorrow night if they do this. They have to probably get about 20 more shots than Kentucky has. I know that's a high number, but uh, because they're not as efficient on offense as they'd probably like to be, they have to get more shots than their opponent, which means uh, if they're able to get that many, that means they're turning Kentucky over, and it means they're getting second-chance opportunities uh, by offensive rebounds. This is the top offensive rebounding team in the nation, and I think that has to be a factor. And, and kind of what goes along with that is Devin Williams playing at a high level, and he's been great uh, in the tournament. He had a double-double against Maryland, uh, went for 17-9 uh, and nine against Maryland, I believe, or against Buffalo in the second round, too. Uh, so you look at Devin Williams, he has to be a factor. And Jonathan Holt, uh, probably, probably the most key player for West Virginia, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. West Virginia assistant Larry, uh, Eric Martin, he told me, you know, if Holton's if Holton gets in foul trouble, there's no way West Virginia can win the game. He's the guy at the top of the press, uh, the the point of the press. He'll be on the ball. Uh, he makes things very very difficult, but he's always very prone to fouls. And when he's in the game, uh, he's he's as good as anybody on the on the offensive class. Uh, he's great on defense. He, he kind of does all those hustle things, but too often he gets in foul trouble and it hurts West Virginia. And last question, man. I'm going to put two into one, and we're going to completely. We're going to. The first question is going to be basketball related, and then we're going to go somewhere completely different for the second one. Give me a prediction, and it's simple as that. Uh, of what happens tomorrow night? Just a score prediction. Who advances? Who wins? Uh, who maybe has a big game? And while I've got you on, I completely forgot to even ask about this. But you cover West Virginia sports, so maybe you can give us a little insight about what Kentucky is going to be getting from new offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson. 
No problem. But yeah, I'll go. I'll go first with with the prediction. I I do think Kentucky uh, is going to win the basketball game. I I just think they're they're too big and, and too athletic. West Virginia, they they've had some rough games against taller and lankier opponents. Uh, you look at the Iowa State team. You look at Baylor, uh, and you look at Texas, and then West Virginia combined one and four or one and five, excuse me, against those teams. Uh, Kentucky's kind of everything and more than those teams are. Uh, so I, I, I don't think West Virginia will win the game, uh, even though they're pretty confident. Uh, as far as football goes, uh, Kentucky's getting a pretty good offensive coordinator in Shannon Dawson. You know, studied under Dana Halgerson, kind of learned everything Dana uh, ha- has taught him. Uh, I, I think one thing to watch with Shannon is he'll probably be a lot more aggressive than, than Dana was. Uh, Shannon, he, he likes to air the ball out. He likes to go fast. Dana sometimes had, had to kind of rein him in. Uh, when when they would have uh, discussions about offense, Dana, of course, always called the plays. So it will be Shannon Dawson's first time calling plays. Uh, but as far as the as far as the offense goes, it's probably going to be even quicker than West Virginia's was tempo wise, and it probably will be even more pass heavy than West Virginia was. West Virginia pretty balanced in, in terms of running the football, uh, but, but but I think with Shannon Dawson, it, it's going to be refreshing for for Kentucky fans. Uh, that have seen the air raid before. That's uh, a great. Uh, that's great stuff from Greg Medea. And I know you're in Cleveland, and you probably got some work to do. Write up some preview stories, <laughs> and you need to go out and hit the town. But thank you so much for joining us. Keep up the good work, and have a good time at the game tomorrow night. Uh, it should be an exciting All one. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Greg Medea, WVSports.com. Really interesting quotes about Shannon Dawson that we're going to take a break. I'm going to come back and touch on. Based on that that scouting report or or what UK fans can expect, that's got to be music to UK football fans' ears. Aggressive, going to take some shots down the field, had to be reeled in by their head coach last year. That's exciting stuff. So we're going to head to a commercial break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about that a little bit more about the UK-West Virginia game and the Sweet 16 as a whole. We'll talk cards versus NC State. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. The Sports Talker. I'm just I kind of flabbergasted when you say things like that. It's weird. Thank you. Not a compliment. With T.J. Walker. What's up, players? We're back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Trevor, we've got a complaint, and this one we might have to listen to. Complaining? Hannah, the girlfriend, texts in the show and says that 
the the music for the breaks are are too long, and she doesn't like it because they're the songs are too old. Can you hear me now? Can I can hear, hear you. Okay. Uh, well, I, I tell her I apologize, but the last song was a request by Captain Arctic, who is a longtime listener. So uh, I will I will take her advice with the uh, into. Uh, Hey, if she, I don't mind. I don't mind. I, I've gotten on to you about the music, and I, I will continue to do so if I don't like it. But I, I think you've been fine today, uh, and I'm okay, I'm okay with listeners wanting requests. We can we can work that in. Um, Hannah, I, just I don't about, want to make Hannah mad. I don't want to make your girl mad. I mean, that's the I last thought, thing I want to do. Yeah, happy. I don't I don't know if there's <laughs> a phrase for happy girlfriend, happy radio show, but. Uh, if there is, it, it's it it it's good. But I just thought I'd share it with you. Uh, we you know feedback will make the show that much better. Who's her favorite music musical artist? Oh, I mean, I don't I don't want I don't want you to play that. I'm not going to use it maybe right now because I already got something lined up. This is a one hit uh, wonder hip hop edition today. But uh, what does she have for future references? Does she have a favorite uh, group or artist in particular? Coldplay. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's that. Well, no one's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really mind Coldplay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, she she's listening, obviously. So yeah, I, I do. So, I, be, so tread lightly, TJ. <laughs> I do. I do love. I do love Coldplay. Coldplay rules. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, anyways, so Greg Medea had some good good things to say about. Shannon Dawson, UK's new offensive coordinator that I think should jump out at UK fans and make them excited about the upcoming football season. Uh, He spoke with the media today, and Mark Stoops, today was an offensive day, so you had Mark Stoops talk, and then you had Shannon Dawson, an offensive player, speak. Mark Stoops wasn't happy. He wasn't happy, and that's understandable. I, I mean, it's very rare that you get a coach saying, man, today's spring practice was unbelievable. We're ready for the season to start right now, and we beat everybody. I mean, that's not going to happen. Obviously, coaches are going to be a little bit disappointed, and there's going to be some rust they have to shake off and things that they have to figure out. So Stoops wasn't happy, but I thought I thought Shannon Dawson seemed a bit more optimistic than Stoops and, and talked about how the quarterbacks – can improve drastically at this stage of their career. They can make a huge jump from year one to year two and even year two to year three and and so on and so forth. So that's what you want to hear from your offensive coordinator, especially an offensive coordinator that we've heard from not only not only Greg from West Virginia's rival site, but anybody that's covered Shannon Dawson before. You want to hear confidence in your quarterback when so much is going to be asked of him. Uh, they're going to ask him to take deep shots. They're going to be asked to create a spark in the offense. And that's the case on a lot of quarterbacks at a lot of teams. Obviously, they've got to be maybe your best player. Uh, Kentucky quarterback probably hasn't been UK's best player since, I mean, certainly since probably Andre Woodson. But it seems that that may change. It might have to change for UK next year. UK's relied on the running backs, and uh, as we've heard, heard from Greg, that you're still going to get a lot of handoffs. It's not going to be maybe the true air raid, 90% throwing, 10% passing. You're still going to get running. Uh, you're still going to get running backs to their carries and get them in space. But it seems that when UK is going to need a spark, they're not going to ask for a running back to to pick up a, a first down on third and six. It's going to be on the quarterback to make the to make the throws to make the plays. And uh, it's been a while since that since UK has done that. It's a brush 
a breath of fresh air without a doubt. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out for Kentucky. And, and I think bright things are ahead for UK's offense. Uh, I'm in a group text message with a lot of my friends. The majority of them are Louisville fans. And with spring practice starting, there's already been smack talk back and forth between the UK fans and the thread and the, and the Louisville fans in the thread. And uh, this wasn't me. I, I promise you that. But one of the UK fans made a $100 bet straight up on the UK UofL football game next year. Uh, and this it's a legitimate bet. I mean, these people write these bets down and they'll ask for their money after the game. <laughs> Trevor, would you be confident with a Louisville uh, straight up pick em spread right now for the UK UofL football game? Uh, that's going to happen in what, eight months? No, no, I would. I mean, I have confidence as much as maybe anybody. I have a. A long-standing sweet bet was a friend of mine for fifty dollars a game, which I've had to pay up a couple times because of damn Cal Perry. But uh, Louisville was the first to get that. But no, I would not make a straight-up bet at this point. No, Louisville's got way too many question marks. No, I, no, no. That's that's. I love the confidence, but confidence sometimes is overweighed by ignorance. I think Louisville's defense is going to be solid, without a doubt. I still have plenty of questions uh, on Louisville's offense, especially without Devontae Parker. And Denmark ties up the game. I was just about to tell you that. Two to two. That's disappointing. That's a bummer. Uh, Speaking of soccer, Louisville City FC first game ever Saturday. Trevor, are you going to be making your way out to Slugger Slugger Field for a little soccer action? Uh, What day is that again? Saturday. Ooh, let's see here. Watching Sweet 16 basketball or going to see some soccer that's a professional level. Although I don't even know it exists. I'm going to flip a coin on that when I get back to you. The soccer game's at three, so you'll have plenty of time to do both there, buddy. Uh, that should end at five. And I know I, I have I saw actually... they beat U of L, though, in a, in a friendly. I noticed that on the news a couple of days, a week or so ago. So I'm keeping as up far, a little bit. As I kept up with it, they went undefeated in their college barnstorming tour uh they beat iu which is a traditional power in soccer yep. louisville also is very good they they beat louisville easily in that game i think it was three nil yeah it was it was, then, it was close until the end though i think they scored them late maybe they they played evansville maybe or they played some other small college and and uh had no problems with them i think winning maybe four nil kentucky was the only team they didn't beat they didn't lose they tied uh, but Kentucky, the only team they didn't beat on their college barnstorming tour. But I would have to say a successful little trip, uh, a little preseason tour for Louisville City FC because those are some really good college teams. Now, obviously, these guys are professionals and they're getting paid, uh, but they'll they'll start their season on Saturday. I they I was told that they were planning to do a watch party uh, for the if UK makes it to the Elite Eight, so have the Louisville City FC game and then play the Sweet Sixteen game or the Elite Eight game, excuse me, on the Jumbotron at Slugger Field. I haven't heard anything else about that, so I'm thinking they maybe canceled that. Uh, But if UK were to win, maybe they're waiting for UK to win before they make any big announcements like that. Uh, But they waited the longest time to commit to a game time. They obviously wanted to have it later in the day because more people would go, but they definitely didn't want to interfere with basketball because then you know nobody would go, or at least the majority of Kentucky fans. Who are they playing, by the way? They are playing St. Louis, which is also, this will be their first game ever. Um, and they've already formed a rivalry with St. Louis and Louisville. They're the two, these are their two biggest rivals, which, you know, I think you've got to play somebody before you can determine who your rival is going to be. I get the geography point of it, uh, but I, you've got you've to have bad blood created. You can't create it yourself. 
Um, but those will be the rivals. Is that like giving yourself your own nickname? I mean, it's kind of like giving yourself the, your own nickname. It's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like you going on a pickup basketball court and pointing a guy out and just saying, I hate that guy without even seeing him play or, or playing against him before. It's just kind of silly. But they've, they've already called the rivalry the King's Cup uh, for Louis. Uh, you know, it's St. Louis versus Louis, the King's Cup. Very clever. You get it. You get it. Um, which, fine. Hopefully, you know, hopefully if they play like rivals, then I'm okay with it. If they go out there, play aggressive, play physical, I'm starting to sound like Bob Huggins and the West Virginia basketball team. But um, I'm excited. I, I'm excited for that game. And uh, by, uh, my plans are to attend it. The weather's supposed to be pretty bad on Saturday, which is unfortunate, granted, how beautiful, given how beautiful today is. Uh, but I'm excited about it. All right, well, we need to go to commercial break. You need to move into your house, and, not, and no, no, I don't, I don't want to lack the support to the soccer team. You got a house to move into. You got to uh, use your time uh, valuable. Don't remind me. I bought some furniture for some places, and they called me today saying, hey, "You remember you bought this, don't you?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I do." And they were like, "All right, well, we're trying to clean out our warehouse." They probably don't get that too often. When people buy a couch and just not do anything with it for a week. <laughs> they, they were saying that. Well, we got to clean out our warehouse. So, do you think that you're going to be able to pick it up here pretty soon? And I was, I was like, yeah. I mean, I, I guess. I, now, I are you hiring to, movers? Or are you doing it with friends? I'm going to do it with friends. I've got a lot oh. of favorites to cash in on. It seems like I'm like a permanent mover when a friend moves. You young people. Yeah, probably because my freakish strength is what does it. But uh, they, they always ask me. So I'm going to cash in on some of those, and it's going to be a transition move. There, there won't be one day where I say, all right, I'm moving everything today. And I'm out of here. That's just not the way it's going to work because I don't have enough time during the weeks. And then the weekends, there's college basketball. And I'm, I don't want to miss college basketball myself. And I'm certainly not going to ask any of my friends to miss college basketball. So I don't know how it's going to work, Trevor. Now, you, kind you, of, you, were a friend of how, you were a fan of How Much Your Mother, correct? I, I don't remember. If you... I was not. Okay. There was a, something on there called the Murtaugh List was a reference to uh, Lethal Weapon, which is a list that was made up of things you shouldn't do after you turn a certain age, usually about 30. Not hiring movers is one of those things on my list. I do not do my own moving anymore, especially if I'm coming out of the second floor apartment. I will well, hire I, movers. I'm lazy. I could understand that. Luckily, I'm. And I'm sure You're I'll get to enough. that point. And and I still get sore when I move. And it's you know it, it's not like when I was 15 or 14. But so as of now, I'm still capable of moving my own stuff. And there's not a ton of stuff to move. I've got a bed and a couch. Um, and then and, you know, it's, it's a it's a transition move. So. Nothing too major. Got TVs, but those aren't too heavy. Uh, it'll it'll just take you know it'll take some time. And luckily, I'm not moving too far. All right, Trevor, we need to head to commercial, don't we? That is correct. I was so wrapped up in the moving and soccer talk, though I almost forgot what I was doing. Woohoo! Sports Talk Radio, day before the Sweet 16, and we're keying in on soccer and 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 my move to my new house. That's exciting as could be. But we're gonna we're gonna come back. We're gonna preview some advertisers Sweet line up. We'll get to you one at a time, people. Exactly, exactly. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be back in a few minutes. You, you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend, and you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend, but you say You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. I'm a maniac, maniac on the fall, 
and I'm dancing like I've never danced before. Yeah. On 1450, the sports buzz. Did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? <laughs> Why? She's a maniac, maniac on the floor. I would like the fat guy in a little coat intro if you've got it next time, Trevor. Not ne- not next time, but someday. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, lie to you and tell you that's not in the uh, mix of Tommy Boy clips that I have pulled already. Well, that would be fantastic and just devastating news. Denmark wins three to two. They scored. Like, I would have to smoke, take a quick cigarette break during the, the commercial break. They scored. What 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 the hell happened? I don't know. I mean, I haven't been able to obviously watch it. I'm upstairs in my office, and it's kind of a I've got a almost lodge seating, so I'm it's a balcony sort of deal. And I've got the TV downstairs on, and I can see it, but I can't really focus in on it. Are you in a and loft? Uh, it's there's a lot there's a loft in the yes in my apartment. There's a loft. <laughs> I like how you were trying to like uh, say it was something different. You were like it's like like spice it up in some way. Like it's an overhead of apartment of you. Well, the it's a loft. <laughs> The lot, well, the it's, it's it's a really cool setup. This apartment's great. Um, and it's just time to get a house, but uh, actually, I just couldn't think of the word loft in, in the in the heat of the moment. So that's that was the reasoning behind that. But USA Soccer has got to turn it on uh, again. These games are meaningless and they don't have their entire roster playing and this and that, but still, no excuse to not be able to beat Denmark, especially when you have the lead twice in that game. Is Denmark any good? I don't. I mean, Denmark's oh, Denmark's not great. I mean, they're okay. Most teams in Europe are better than most teams in CONFACAF, which is North America, Central America. Uh, but Denmark would kind of be an average, an average to good team in, in CONFACAF. So uh, I don't know what their world ranking is. Uh, speaking of Denmark, this I don't know why this just came to my mind. Probably because we're talking about Denmark, but. I was talking, uh, in my freshman year of high school, we had to do a project on another country and send them a ton of, and, and mail their, mail their, mail their country's embassy in the United States and also mail their department of, I guess, what's the, what's the word I'm, I'm, I'm thinking for, I'm thinking kind of out of it Ambassador? today. They're, they're... No, they're, they're. Their president travel agency to get people to oh. to get people to come to your country. So we had to email the the United States or there the I had to email the Denmark ambassador and then I had to email Denmark. Um, again, I don't you know I can't I don't know why I can't think of the word, but I'm out of it. So I had to email two things, and everybody in the class had a different country, and it was a class of thirty people. And some people never heard anything back from anybody. Some people heard something little just maybe like a postcard or something for the website uh but denmark sent me so much stuff i mean i was getting it for weeks and weeks and week uh it never stopped i mean people they were desperate to get me to come to denmark um they they really wanted me to to go i guess their department of tourism or, or something along those lines would be a better word now that it comes to me did you go 
Uh, no, I never went to Denmark. I just had to get information on it so I could do a project, and they sent me way too much stuff. I, uh, the capital's Copenhagen. I could tell you some random facts about Denmark if you wanted me to, but won't do it. Uh, but a funny story is, you, you know Charlie, Charlie that's on the radio show from time to time. I, I've heard of the existence of Charlie, whether he, he is real or not. I know you tagged him in a Twitter account, but I mean, my aunt's dog has a Twitter account, so it doesn't mean he's real. It was oh man, down at the the Yum Center on Saturday, where all the UK fans were partying, waiting for the game to start. This and that. My mom goes up to Charlie, and I've known Charlie since I was eight or nine years old. Goes up to Charlie and, and says, "Charlie, you're you were you were really bad on the radio." And everybody everybody starts laughing, and then my mom's just like, "No, but really bad, Charlie." Um, poor Charlie. She was joking. Uh, well, and, you and don't, Charlie doesn't even have a mic. You, you have him like sitting in the corner, like he's done something wrong with a dunce cap on. I don't have <laughs> him sitting anywhere. He chooses to sit there, and he also kind of gets forced there by Abe because Abe Abe's not a big fan of Charlie. But that's neither here nor there. But speaking of Charlie, now I know uh, your apartment. I'm picturing him downstairs while you're in the loft, like yelling up at you in your mic. That's he doesn't. I guess he's scared to sit too close. I don't know. Uh, can't handle the hot takes, but he, he was in that class with me my freshman year at St. X high school. And he sent his country was Australia and you've got to put a ton of stamps on something to send it to Australia. I mean, a ton, it's expensive. So he sends in this information, asking all these questions. He wants to know this. He wants to know that he sends it to the United States ambassador, the ambassador of the United States in Australia. So they send back and say, we're here just to tell you information about the United States for us, for people that live in Australia. Um, we can't really give you much information on Australia as a country because, you know, we're from the United States. And it was, it, it was great. He could have just read it Crocodile Dundee and been over It was it. a typical Charlie thing to do, knowing him for the longest time, but... Uh, so he ended up uh, having to send more and spend more money, and I'm sure he probably didn't do too well on that project. Just kidding, Charlie, if you're listening. What grade did you get, by the way, on Denmark? Oh, I'm sure I got an A. Did, I, I remember. Did you make wooden this, shoes as an example of some of their traditions? I don't think that's Denmark. I think that's the Netherlands. Eh, close enough. Uh, but I remember the class. It was Mr. Cooper's rest in peace. His Saint X freshman year geography class above the cafeteria. Uh, Mr. Cooper would go and smoke cigarettes in between class periods, and it was just those were the glory days, Trevor. But, Sounds like me and Mr. Cooper would hang out. Yeah, you all you all had a lot in common. Uh, but, uh, anyways, um, <laughs> we're we're so off topic. Let's try to find our way back. This is what happens when you let me get a hold of you, uh, attached to your show. I mean, I'm I'm like a leech. I, I take everything off topic. I'm okay with it. I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with it, but. Uh, we, we've talked today on the show, West Virginia and their players, talking smack to UK, guaranteeing wins, uh, this and that. There's a funny quote from Willie Cauley-Stein that if the team, if UK's team was an animal, what animal would they be? Trevor, what animal do you think UK's team would be if they were an animal? Velociraptor. Does that count? <laughs> That would, Sure, why not? That, that could That's seriously count. what I think of them as, is somebody who, even when you think they're down and you have it cornered, they're creeping up around you with, with more of their, their, their posse, I guess, or their, their group around you, and then they just strike, and then the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're meat. Do velociraptors hunt in platoon systems? They do, actually, yes, <laughs> according to Jurassic Park. 
the Jurassic platoon, go get them. And then when they get tired, they'll bring in the, the I don't know, another a dinosaur platoon to go after them and get them. Uh, okay, well, Willie Cauley-Stein kind of went in a different direction than you, Trevor, and said a raccoon, which is a different animal than a velociraptor. A little bit, yes. Raccoons are sneaky and scavengers and kind of uh, looked at as large rats of the suburban community. He said that raccoons are feisty and they'll come after you. Uh, Kentucky, also uh, a bit feisty. And, and Trevor, do you remember the, the show where I told the story about the West Virginia fan that kind of hosed me on tickets to the Final Four? Was that you or Yates? That was Yates. I don't recall that. It's a long, it was a long story. It's a good story. Uh, but anyways, back in 2010, my mom bought Final Four tickets. Sure enough, UK loses. She wants me to unload them. I come to an agreement with this West Virginia fan. I'm worried that he's going to get to Indianapolis and just buy some other tickets. He promises me he won't. He's worried that I'm just going to sell them and leave him in the dark. I promise him we won't. I won't. I get to Indianapolis. Sure enough, he buys other tickets. Um, I, I end up selling the tickets and losing a little bit of money on them. Uh, so I was very disappointed with him. And then when Just he was more salt uh, on the wound of your team, not making it there. Well, when he was apologizing, he said something along the lines, like when I was like, are you kidding me? You bought tickets. You told me you wouldn't. And he said something along the lines of if, if Kentucky would have won, you wouldn't have to worry about this. So I saved his number just for a rainy day. And then sure enough, when UK beat them a year later, I texted him. Is this somebody you knew beforehand or you just met randomly like on a stub like website? Met randomly. So you I, just I, kept this guy's number for a year and just had to know where you called and talked trash right back to him. He probably had no idea. He was like, what's his number calling? What's this 502? Yeah, I texted him. He, he had no idea. He was like, who is this? Uh, and I was, I didn't really care. It was just, it was kind of playful. On I my that end. funny. It gave me a little bit of closure more than anything. <laughs> but uh, I was, I told that story before on the on this show, and somebody was asking me if I still had his number for Thursday night if Kentucky were to win. I don't, unfortunately. Uh, it, but I wish I did. I mean, I really do wish I did. And that's like the most. If West Virginia wins, you might have his number again because he may have kept yours. What if he did? That would be the funniest thing in the world. Uh, that would be that'd be really immature for me to text him if, if West Virginia were to lose. And I don't think I would do it. Luckily, I don't have his number where I'm not going to be put in that position. But people don't forget, man. You... You host somebody, and people don't forget. Uh, anyways, West Virginia fans, and, and and Greg was great. He was fun to talk to, and I actually have read his work, uh, and he, he does a good job covering West Virginia, and he seemed very level-headed. Um, people that cover rivals do a, do a fantastic job, whether they're level-headed or not, but he, I, I thought he did a great job. But And I don't want to categorize whole fan bases based on one experience, two experiences, but I've never heard anybody have a good experience with West Virginia fans. Uh, never. Shouldn't you as a UK fan though, be a little bit more, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. This is where I need Yates for the word of the day. Sympathetic, sympathetic yeah. for them because Kentucky fans get kind of the same stereotype outside of the Kentucky area on a national process, you know, perspective of the, how they are too. That they're, they're all, you know, rednecks no. and trashy and this and that and they burn couches and so on and so forth you know what and, and at some point when you've got that big of a fan base and there's idiots doing being the the vocal minority but the very vocal minority then you don't have to own it but you've got to accept that that's how it looks and i understand that kentucky has some crazy fans and that's putting it very very nicely trevor yes. i understand that 
it doesn't change what kind of fan I am or what kind of fan my friends are or who I associate myself with. And, and it doesn't change, you know, the Louisville fans have done stupid things as well. And, and, you know, there's crazy idiotic Louisville fans. Now, obviously there's not as many because there's not as many Louisville fans as there are Kentucky fans, but I don't judge my Louisville friends based on those crazy few. And I don't judge my Kentucky fans based on the idiotic few. And if I meet a new a new friend, if I meet a new person and they're a Kentucky fan or a Louisville fan, I don't automatically assume, oh, well, you're this or that. And too many people do that in our society. They they automatically label and group fans when they meet them. And it's the dumbest thing you can do. Uh, it's the dumbest thing you could ever do with anything, even with politics or professions or anything like that to to really stereotype people. So I don't do that, but plenty of people do. And if I were to meet a West Virginia fan and talk to him, I wouldn't automatically judge him as a terrible person, but I'm just saying their fan base as a whole, as a fan base, as a people that root for sports, they're awful. They are not fun to be around or be at games with, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of them in Cleveland. I wanted to ask Greg about that because I, I always I thought I think that Kentucky won't be it won't be a hostile environment for UK, but I don't think they're going to have the majority if you consider West Virginia and then. Notre Dame and Wichita State, which are clearly going to root against Kentucky. Uh, so I'm sure some Kentucky fans won't have great experiences with West Virginia fans. And there's some stories I can tell uh, from Louisville games, the blackout game in 2005, I believe, uh, the, the Elite Eight game that I was at in 2010. There's some stories that I can tell, uh, both at Louisville and Kentucky games, obviously, about West Virginia fans. They Kentucky fans are crazy, I know, and, and there's good ones and there's bad ones. West Virginia fans, I'm sure there's good ones and there's bad ones. I just haven't met as many good ones yet. Uh, That's how I feel like about Cincinnati fans. I haven't met a good one yet either. I have met some good Cincinnati fans, but I've also – I I think it was last year when they won at the Yum Center, right, and you all won up uh, at Fifth Third. Maybe. My short-term memory is kicking in. That you all did. They beat you all down here, and then you all won on that last second shot, I think from Russ Smith uh, up in Cincinnati. But – they're leaving the Yum Center, and I think I went with Hannah. And there was Cincinnati fans just talking trash to people much bigger than them. Probably not a good idea to do stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, there's bad fan bases everywhere. But West Virginia certainly, I think, is up there. And you have to to, to categorize terrible fan bases more than your rival has to say they're terrible. And obviously there's plenty of places that say UK fans are annoying and obnoxious. And again, it's a huge fan base, so there's going to be, just like Alabama football fans. But I can personally say that I've met plenty of great Alabama football fans, and a ton of UK fans will say that, and, and that there may be some of the classiest fans that travel up to Lexington when when they do play UK at Commonwealth Stadium or even at Rupp Arena. I just haven't heard that stuff about West Virginia. You know, I don't want to stereo- I don't want to be like like you said, stereotype the fans. But in two games that I've been to in tournament experiences with this fan base, I'm surprised. It's one of the more obnoxious fan bases I've come across, and they don't get the reputation. That's Kansas. Kansas fans can be just as obnoxious as any other fan base. And I've been to two tournament appearances where they were playing and sitting with their fans. And at one time in 2001, uh, they were playing Stanford, I believe. UK just beaten Tulsa. Tayshawn dropped 41 on him, and I was sitting at a lower level in St. Louis, surrounded by Kansas fans, and I had to leave at halftime, not because the game was 20 points, because I was tired of getting spit on by all the UK, the <laughs> Kansas fans, not by me talking trash, but by them, every hawk chalk, Jayhawk chant 
they'd spit and they would just yell that just nonstop right in my ear behind me, next to me, in front of me. It's, they seem so arrogant and they don't get that reputation nationally. But, and I'm like you said, I don't want to stereotype and say they're all like that. But, and I've been to Kansas and I've run across some in Kansas as well. They can be just as arrogant and as obnoxious as some UK fans are stereotyped across the country as well. And I, I've had several experience with Kansas fans, but I've had some good ones too. So yeah. they, they don't they don't they don't make that list for me, unlike West Virginia, where it's just bad one after bad one after bad one. Know. But but Kansas in 2012 at the Champions Classic, I guess this was 2011. Oh man, there was some drunk Kansas fans that really made a fool of themselves in New York City, and that was one of the that was one of the funnier fan an- interactions that I've ever had. They approached a group of 25 UK fans after getting beat. And we're talking trash, and I mean, it, it did not end well for them—not <laughs> physically, but just verbally. It did not end well for them. And then, sure enough, uh, that big group of UK fans w- were walking to the bar to to meet up with my friends and my family. They, during that same trip, they ran into those Kansas fans again who had gotten lost. Um, and then it, one of their buddies fell down, was too drunk. It was hilarious. And then the Final Four in 2012, later that year. As I've said on this radio show before, Kansas fans do not like it when you say rock chalk Tony Hawk. <laughs> I did not notice that. They get very offended. They do not like it. They I were actually outnumbered down in, in, in New Orleans. I was down there. That was so dominated by Louisville, Kentucky, that it dwarfed even the great fan bases that Ohio State and Kansas did bring down there, I thought. Yeah, I was I was surprised by that, too. There was not a ton of them. Uh, and then, you know, Ohio State fans, I've, I've heard terrible things about you. hear terrible things yeah, about it. I've lived in base. Columbus and right outside in Dublin, right outside Columbus. Their fans are can be, especially football-wise, are very obnoxious. But, again, I've met some good ones, too. And, and that Final Four, that same one, that was the – I mean, that was – that's why every Final Four, every major sporting event should be down in New Orleans because you just throw all these fan bases, you throw uh, – whether it's football or basketball, you just throw these different groups of people – from different parts of the country, and you just basically stick them in this big melting pot of booze and liquor, and you see what happens. It's almost United States real world on MTV. Uh, you just throw them down there, you give them a ton of liquor, and then hilar- hilarious things happen. So there's this Ohio State fan, and it was one of my friends. I was I actually saw this on Bourbon Street, and they went up to him and said, "Good good luck tonight against Kansas." I don't. I think he was my friend was just being friendly. He's just being friendly. I'm sure he said good luck to Kansas fans too. He was probably a little drunk and a little slap happy. The Ohio State group uh, flicked him off and said that we don't need luck. Something something in Ohio State. Blah blah blah. Um, and my buddy very quickly and. Uh, he was very witty, said, well, you probably needed luck last year against Brandon Knight and just <laughs> walked away, and the Ohio State fans weren't happy. It was a nice burn. It was a good burn. Um, but Don't, don't any- worry about Ohio State trying to start a fight. Their fan base, this, this is a stereotyping game, but they're more of a preppy style. They're not one to really get into a uh, bar fight, I don't think. I, 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 you know, Again, I wouldn't be able to say. I've, I've been to Columbus several times. I've I, I, Witnessed a USA soccer game against Mexico up there. It's one of the most fun days and nights I've had at a sporting event um, and met some Ohio State fans, and they were very, very pleasant people, nice people. But West Virginia fans, again, I can't say the nice thing about them yet. I'd love to. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to say, you know what, I I met some nice West Virginia fans, and they were great. And I thought I was going to be able to do that in 2010 with the people that bought the tickets, but I couldn't because he hosed me. Uh, 
Can't say that about them. And their team has never been overly likable. And sadly, maybe the 2010 team was the most likable West Virginia team that they've had. Bob Huggins, I actually do like, but at the surface, he's not an overly likable coach. Louisville fans hated him when he was at Cincinnati. Kentucky fans don't like him now. I do like him, but I'm in the minority there. For West Virginia to say the stuff that they said today, you don't poke the bear, especially when the bear is 36-0 and and a lot better than you. You, that's not how you go about beating Kentucky, and that's not how you go about being in close games with Kentucky by talking trash to them pregame. Now, you look at Kentucky's big games this year, Kansas, UNC, UCLA. Those teams didn't necessarily talk trash, but there was a lot of hype entering the game, and it didn't work out well for those teams. I don't think West Virginia did themselves any favor by saying the things that they said before the game. We'll have to see. We're going to be able to talk about it more tomorrow, preview the game. We're out of time for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Greg Medea for coming on from WVSports.com. He's a good if he's a if he's a Mountaineer fan. I'm not sure if he is. He's one of the good ones. So maybe I can change my mind there. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, four o'clock, fourteen fifty. The Sports Buzz. We'll see you then. They say welcome to the 502 Take the Georgia boy, show them how Kentucky do Oak Creek's classics, paint Kentucky blue They say don't forget 270, we hitting two Song call it bluegrass, song call it purple I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome Ride from the Ville to BG in my zone High time, sitting by the river Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life When they say I'm going wrong and I swim